right. Heidi ho, good neighbor. That'll age me. Uh, welcome to the Felt Recall Podcast, episode number 163. Chris Vermillion here with you. Uh, going solo this week on my own accord. Is that... Can you... Can you be on your own accord? Doesn't that imply there's two? I don't know. Uh, I I have two sick kids around the house, and Patrick has young kids at home. So I text him and said, hey, buddy, uh, probably should take the week off. Uh, just in case whatever the kids have is lingering around my house, I want to pass it on to you, and then, and then you take it and pass it on to your kids. Um, his kids have already uh, had the crud, and they don't need to be sick again. So anyway... Um, he said while he was home, he'd, he'd you know count his gold coins like the McDuck that he is and uh, and let us know what he came up with next week's stump. So there will be that. Glad you're here. I hope you realize you can find us on social media where we just seem a lot cooler than we do here every week. Facebook.com slash Felt Recall Show. Facebook.com slash Felt Recall Show. You can link to everything we're on at FeltRecallShow.com. That's FeltRecallShow.com. Com. A lot to get to this week. A whole heck of a lot to get to this week. Um, and none of it. Can you believe this? I'll do my best to stay entirely COVID-free all week. Uh, uh, or, uh, this episode. I intend to not mention COVID one time, except that I just did. Sorry. Uh, but so much going on. You got Alec Baldwin doing a impromptu presser on the side of the road and... I hate to tell you this, I side with Alec Baldwin. I know everybody's mad at him. I was listening to uh, Dana Lash today, which I don't know if you've ever listened to the uh, Dana Lash show. It is basically what scientists call a hot mess. Uh, I I, I think she turns the mic on like I do, and she starts talking like I do, and uh, then she just stares into space. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> she seems like a nice lady. I don't want um, any grief with her, but it's a very disjointed show. One of uh, well, here I go. I couldn't even get how how far in am I? A uh, couple minutes. Yeah, one of the better conservative talk show hosts out there, Dan Bongino. Did you see? He gave his show up this week because of the cumulus broadcasting vaccine mandates. He said, "I'm not going to do it." I'm not going to do it. Locally, our local news talk station, uh, where I, I, I used to work for their parent company, I worked in the same building where this radio station is. I didn't work at that radio station, but I worked next door at the Top 40 station. They're hiring for a news anchor, and guess what one of the requirements is if you want to work for the local conservative, in air quotes, news talk station? Uh, yeah, 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 the vaccine. It's mandated now, which is really funny. There's a large part of me that wants to apply for it, not get the vaccine, and then sue them because my medical history is none of their business. Can you imagine a job posting that said, you can come and work here as long as you've never had an abortion? You can come and work here as long as you've never had a hysterectomy because that means you're old. You can come and work here, but a vasectomy is required because we also frown on inner office relationships, and we feel like this is a way to make sure that even if there is one, there won't be any lingering effects because of it. Suddenly, our medical business is everybody's business. Remember when the liberals used to love Roe versus Wade? Do you remember that? And they celebrated that as a woman's right to choose her own medical course with herself and her doctor in private. Remember when that was, those were uh, not good days, but also good days. We kind of long for the days of Roe versus Wade, except we want it to be Roe versus vaccine now. 
Anyway, all right, I'll be done. I lied to you at the beginning. I'm sorry. Um, that'll be that. So I, I was listening to her. Oh, yes, that's what I was going to say. And she she had some editorial of a lady who seemed unhinged, and they were yelling about Alec Baldwin and how everything's his fault, and he murdered this lady on purpose or something. I don't know. Uh, but it, it was very off-putting because I, I, here's what we're doing wrong with Alec Baldwin. We dislike him as a person, and that's okay because, as I've said before, he's a terrible human being. But that doesn't mean he necessarily did a terrible thing. This seems to be a tragic accident. Fox News reporters don't need to camp out and chase him down while his kids are in the car, which is what happened. Everybody seems to be overlooking the fact they want to act like, oh, this is a crazy press conference that he called and got it. No, 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 no. If you're a rational thinking person, unlike those in the media, you can pause long enough to recognize that Alec Baldwin and his wife were chased down by Fox News reporters and they pulled over because their young kids in the car got so upset by it. And he said, listen, my kids are in the car crying, so I'm here to answer your questions. Please stop following us after this. That's what he says on the tape. I'll play it for you in just a second. Fox News should be ashamed. I mean, there's a lot that Fox News should be ashamed about. Uh, This is definitely one of those things. Losing Glenn Beck would be the biggest thing, but this is a a close second. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse's trial is starting as of yesterday. Um, It's Tuesday as I record this, by the way. A day late, I do apologize. And ABC News, this is great. ABC News' headline shows you Uh, The racism that is woke culture, which goes hand in hand with what happened with Ibram X. Kendi. Did you see this? He had to delete a tweet because he proved his entire life's work is futile. Plus, uh, police say a father, this is our hero of the week, a, a father in Washington state. Allegedly, which I hope this is true. I hope this is exactly what happened. And I mean that I'm going to donate to defend this man in court. I mean that too. A substantial amount of mo- a substantial amount of money, if this is true. Chris, are you advocating for what this man did? All things equal, absolutely. Police say a father in Washington. I didn't mean to laugh. I'm just so excited for what he did. This man hunted down and killed the guy who sold his daughter into sex slavery. I call that man my hero because we need more real-life Liam Neesons in the world. If you're going to be a bad guy, evil, then bad things will happen to you. And I personally have no problem if the good people meet out your punishment to you. See, this is what I was talking about recently where I am in favor of defunding the police. Uh, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the Occupy movement, they all want to defund police. They hate the police. And they say, oh, we should defund the police because it's uh, based in racism. The American police officer is racist, so we take a knee at the flag. Anyway, I say go for it because they're the only people protecting you from people like me. And people like this dad in Washington state give us the opportunity to apply our moral conscience to the ways of the world rather than being restricted by the laws man has put in place that we've agreed to. That's what a polite society does. We establish a rule of law and we say we agree to abide by these laws so that we can live together. 
And then when one of us violates those laws, we uh, we also agree to allow the judicial system to do what it's supposed to do. But unfortunately, all too often now, the judicial system's not doing what it's supposed to do, and it's uh, it's causing much more harm than it ever has good. There's a uh, story out of Denver about a lady released on something like a dollar bail or a personal recognizance bail. Apparently, Denver's doing this as a habit with violent offenders. They let her out for like a buck or two or maybe nothing at all, and she beat an 80-year-old man to death. You cannot trust, especially in the state of Washington, Colorado, these liberal bastions of progressivism, you cannot trust them to pass out justice the way it should be handed out. So to me, if you want to defund the police, let's do it. Rock and roll. Game on. Um, And then our vote of the week is former South Carolina governor David Beasley, who, as it turns out, is a moron. I had no clue. I thought he was an okay governor, but uh, I was too young to really know where his, what his policies were. But it uh, turns out he's really, really, really dumb. Really dumb. Um, he tried to call out Elon Musk, and boy, oh boy, it didn't work out. All right, so we'll tell you why everything that's woke is racist and why David Beasley really, <clears throat> really needs to pay better attention. In the meantime, in between time, <clears throat> our charity of choice this week is Operation Underground Railroad, OURrescue.org, OURrescue.org. For more information on what they do, what they do is they go and find kids who have been abducted and sold into sex trafficking, and they help uh, get them out of there. They help put them in aftercare. <clears throat> they teach them life skills, and they help local authorities arrest the traffickers and those who were trying to traffic in the children. So go to OURrescue.org to learn more. OURrescue.org to learn more. Okay, <clears throat> let's start with Alec Baldwin, shall we? Uh, he's a little disheveled. <laughs> There's no denying that uh, as he stops for a roadside press conference. But I stand by what I said. It's not necessarily Baldwin's fault uh, that it goes the way it goes. And you do have to remember, you're talking about a guy who's been involved uh, recently in a, in a very tragic incident. <clears throat> we don't know yet who or what is to blame for what happened. We just know there was an accident and somebody died as a result. We don't know whose fault that was or why it happened or how it happened exactly. We just know that portion of it. There was an accident. Alec Baldwin was involved and somebody died. Now, <clears throat> he's been found uh, in Vermont and uh, basically the paparazzi are chasing him around and, and they're scaring the bejesus out of him, his wife, and his children. So he pulls his car over on the side of the road and he, he says, okay, what, what are your questions? How can I help you? So, so this will stop. And here's uh, what became of that. Any comments, because it's an ongoing investigation, I've been ordered by the sheriff's department in Santa Fe, I can't answer any questions about the investigation. I can't. Okay. It's an active investigation in terms of a woman dying. She was my friend. She was my friend. The day I arrived in Santa Fe to start shooting, I took her to dinner with Joel, the director. We were a very, very, excuse me, we were a very, very, you know, well-oiled crew shooting a film together, and then this horrible event happened. Now, I've been told multiple times don't make any comments about the ongoing investigation. And I can't. I can't. I can't. That's right. it. And you met with what other, 
Sorry. What are the questions that you have other than that? Yeah. So there he is. He's, you know, he's doing his best to, to kind of placate these guys. And, uh, it's really because he feels like his wife and kids are in danger, whether, whether they are or not, uh, I don't know, but what you got here. And, and if you've ever been in a situation, if you have kids or you have a significant other and, and you have been in a situation where you felt like they were in danger for some reason, uh, this is kind of the way your mindset can go. You can suddenly become very agitated, uh, rattled, and you, you kind of go into survival mode. And that's what he's doing. And I'm going to give him a little more credit because it reaches a point where um, the reporter tries to get him to plug whatever his next project is. And Baldwin says that's that is irrelevant to this. That that is absolutely irrelevant to to what's happening here. Um, and you know he he kind of turns it back to it, I'm I'm going to cooperate with the with the investigation, um, and that you know they should all be uh, keeping the um, the cinematographer's family in their in their thoughts and prayers. Uh, let's get to uh, where he tells them to basically stop chasing his car. Around. I'm all in favor of, and I will cooperate that, with that in any way that I can. Do you have any further projects in the works at the moment, or is everything on? No, no, that, that's right irrelevant now? to what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so there it is. production will start up again on No, that? I doubt it necessarily. Right, well. necessarily Was there anything else? Why Vermont? Oh, it's because that, that's we a just that, no, 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 that's private. a person. That's probably, yeah, that's right. Anything else? Okay. So just do me a favor, you don't mind? My kids are in the car crying. Because you guys are following well, them all I want to do, know. as a courtesy to you, I came to talk to you. I'm not allowed to comment on the investigation. Poor guy. I talked to the cop. <laughs> so there he is. <laughs> I can't comment on investigation. His wife's interrupting. He's trying to handle the situation. Uh, and, 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 you know, kind of, obviously, he's trying to do what everyone, probably from the sheriff's office to his publicist, have told him to do while also protecting his family. So he's rattled, rightfully so. Uh, he doesn't seem to be a decent person when you judge him. The only way we can, which, by the way, is in not knowing him. The only thing I really know about Alec Baldwin is he once left a really horrific voicemail on his daughter's um, voicemail. And to me, that speaks volumes of who he because he was a grown man when he did that. And that speaks volumes about who he is deep down inside. And, and that's not a, a decent human being. <clears throat> but that doesn't mean by default he does really evil things. And so I think that's kind of a fallacy that the right is buying into because we know he's anti-gun. We know he's a far left thinker. And ergo, we want him to be guilty of something terrible. And frankly, that's kind of an immature way to approach things. I don't think that's fair or logical or decent of us to be doing. Now, again, the memes are funny. I got no problem with the jokes uh, because, he, like I said, he hasn't been the best human being. It doesn't mean he actually did anything. And uh, it doesn't mean that he deserves to be uh, chased around and that his kids deserve to be traumatized because of it. Maybe maybe I see it differently because I'm a dad, but uh, but that is how I start to view it. Speaking of which, by the way, did you have a good Halloween? I had a great Halloween. Halloween's, uh, as, as you get older, it starts to date you. You realize the mental shift you're going through. The thing now that I like that people are doing is they're setting the candy out front of the house in a bowl. We're not even coming to the door anymore, which believe it or not, <clears throat> eliminates the guesswork because you go around the neighborhood and is, is this house participating? Well, their lights aren't on. Well, these lights are on and then you knock and nothing happens. You ring a doorbell and nothing happens and you feel like you're being rude. So you keep moving. I like the bowl outside. I feel though 
it just means I'm getting old and I'm over it. So um, that's okay. But it's also a night where if you're like me, your antennas are straight up and they're as high as they go. You're watching, you're protecting, you're, you're on full alert uh, because people are in disguise and they're running around being crazy. And and you can never be too careful because that's a, a prime opportunity for bad guys to do bad things. If you're like that, then you're probably looking forward into the future right now and wondering, what am I going to do to protect myself and my family from what seems to be the inevitable crisis that's coming? Well, long-term food storage is a great idea. Everybody's going to have to eat. Everybody's going to need clean water. It's going to be necessities. Do you have fruits? Do you have vegetables? Do you have rice and beans? The staples that will help sustain you throughout a crisis my Patriot Supply can get you those things, and they can get you those things in a way that keeps them fresh and delicious and nutritious for up to 30 years on the shelf inside your pantry. Visit feltrecoilshow.com slash mypatriotsupply. Take advantage of some exclusive offers we have there. Discounts for you for your purchase. If you're a coffee drinker, they have coffee there that's good for 25 years, and it's good coffee. I promise you that, and I'm a coffee snob. It is good coffee. BeltRecoilShow.com slash MyPatriotSupply. Get what you need. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, I'd be remiss, by the way. I've got this pulled up. I don't think I teased it. Do you see Palmetto State Armory in the news? NBC News is melting down because Palmetto State Armory, who's a South Carolina gun manufacturer, released a lower receiver that says, let's go Brandon on it. And then they had some uh, other things to say on the other side of the receiver, meaning uh, the same side of the receiver, but on the left-hand side, it says, let's go, Brandon, which is what the media wants you to think that crowd was chanting. And over there on the selector marks, which usually say uh, safe, fire, and full auto, uh, they say what the crowd was actually saying, which I find to be great. It's funny. It's a parody of the media. It's, uh, it, it is um, a hit against the media that continually covers for Joe Biden, the media who feeds him answers at town halls, uh, the media who, by the way, applauded when he turned to Barack Obama when they passed uh, Obamacare, and Biden said on a hot mic, this is a big effing deal, but he used the word, and then the White House began selling BFD t-shirts, do you remember? They did that, that was a real thing, but suddenly, whoa, suddenly, Hey, that's not right. You can't use that kind of language about the president. Uh, but that's what that's what he's done. Um, NBC News melting down over it, saying they contacted uh, the Secret Service, calling the phrase "Let's go, Brandon" a right-wing code for F. Joe Biden. Uh, other commentators are likening it. This is no joke to saying Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler. <laughs> right. Uh, one uh, one lady said, let's go, Brandon. Uh, if, if the pilot at Southwest actually said it, uh, she wants to know <clears throat> why he didn't say uh, all, all praise to ISIS. They're using everything they can to say that right wing thinking Americans are the same as Nazis and terrorists because that's who they think we are, um, which is incredibly ironic that if, if you don't agree with the way the left thinks, then they label you the most extreme thing they can, but then they want to label you as the fascist and the intolerant one. That is ironic, isn't it? Uh, anyway, Palmetto State Armory has those uh, lowers on their website for pre-order. Uh, you can check that out if you want. <laughs> it's 
kind of funny, funny stuff. Okay. Uh, did you know there's no such thing as white privilege? We now have the numbers that prove there's no such thing as white privilege. And who better to prove that there's no such thing as white privilege than the man who says everything wrong with the world is the fault of white people who live on the support beams of white privilege. Ibram X. Kennedy is a radical leftist author and prominent critical race theory advocate. Um, he's now deleted a tweet <laughs> because he proved white privilege does not exist. He's a humanities professor at Boston University, and he tweeted an article Friday, according to Fox News, citing a study by The Hill that found 34% of white students who applied to colleges and universities, get this, get this, the white students, 34% of them, who should know how easy life is, how you get everything you'd ever want just by being white. 34% of those kids who've gotten everything they've ever wanted out of life just by being right, uh, white, <laughs> uh, 34% of them lied about their ethnicity. They lied. And a majority of them claimed that they were Native American. And of those who falsely claimed they were a racial minority on their application, 77% of them were accepted. I don't know what the numbers are next to each other, kids who said they were white being accepted. It better be 100% or Ibram is as big of an idiot as he seems to be. Uh, but to say 77% of them were accepted, <clears throat> it's pretty solid proof that you're more likely to be accepted when you're a minority than you are if you're white, which means no such thing as white privilege. Uh, Kendi, by the way, deleted his tweet after he sent it out and, and basically got smashed by his critics on Twitter who pointed out that his entire life's work had been undone by his own tweet. Uh, Andy No saying celebrity critical race academic Ibram Kendi tweeted out a story about how white university applicants identified as people of color for better treatment. He deleted the tweet after realizing it didn't advance his argument of systemic white privilege. Um, true enough. True enough. Now, what would be a great example of white privilege <clears throat> is let's just say that a white 17-year-old, maybe 18-year-old, let's just say committed a crime in public. And then let's say that that 17 or 18-year-old white kid attacked a police officer, and while he was attacking him, <clears throat> let's make him 18. An 18-year-old white kid. Let's say, just for the sake of argument, he commits strong-armed robbery against a, sta a gas station. And let's just say that the gas station owner calls it into the cops, and the cops respond, and the 18-year-old the, uh, white kid is walking down the middle of the street, and the cop says, hey, uh, you can't walk in the street. And let's just say that that 18-year-old white kid goes over to the police car. And what he says to the cop, we don't know. But what we do know uh, by DNA evidence is that he commences to fighting with the police officer and tries to wrestle the officer's own gun away from him. The officer then proceeds to get out of the vehicle. And the 18-year-old white kid, he runs away turns back, charges the cop, and the cop shoots him, right? Because he's already been in a, in a physical altercation. And by the way, this, this is a big kid. He's a big kid at 18 years old. Uh, 
Uh, and he's going to outweigh and outpunch the cop. And uh, he's got a friend with him, so the cop's outnumbered. So the cop uh, does what he does, and, uh, and he shoots the kid to protect himself. Because, again, the kid just attacked him and tried to get his gun from him. So what do you expect a cop to do? Now, white privilege would suggest that the media would take that story and even though it was an 18 year old who was, you know, six foot something and 300 pounds, even though that was the case, the media would downplay it like he was a child. He was a little boy who had gone to the store for a Tootsie Pop, was on his tricycle headed home, and the cop hit him with his SUV uh, simply because of the color of his skin. That's how the media would do it uh, because white privilege was a thing. But what's interesting is that's essentially what happened with Michael Brown. How, how old was Michael Brown when he had the run-in with Officer Wilson in Ferguson, Missouri? He was 18. He was 18 years old when that happened, a legal adult. Now, Kyle Rittenhouse is on trial. His trial started yesterday. Jury selection started. Trial didn't start, <clears throat> but jury selection is underway. And how does the mainstream media frame the Rittenhouse Trial, well, they say, jury selection starts Monday in Kenosha, Wisconsin, in the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, an Illinois man, an Illinois man accused of killing two people at a police brutality protest last year. Think about that. What ABC News wants you to believe, first of all, is that Rittenhouse was a grown man when this happened. Don't forget he was 17 at the time of the incident. And also don't forget there was zero organized protest happening when Rittenhouse did what he did. What there was was rioting and looting and arson in the city where he worked, in the city where the local business owner said, we need all the help we can get because the police are vastly outnumbered by the perpetrators right now. We need all the help we can get. And Kyle Rittenhouse did what I think we're all obligated to do. And he went to help protect the innocent and the vulnerable in his community. And now ABC News will frame him as the man who attacked a protest. Michael Brown at 18, a year older, twice as big, got to be the kid who was targeted. Rittenhouse gets to be the man who was on the hunt. Two stories, and they're telling both of them entirely inverse of the truth. You couldn't be more far off in both instances than they are with him. And that's the way they're going to handle it. So there is no such thing as white privilege. And all of that proves it. And we have Ibram X. Kendi and the mainstream media to thank. All right, one more, and then we'll do our Voda of the Week for you. Uh, This, again, I hope is true. I hope is true. From theblaze.com. Commenters on social media are calling Washington State father a hero in response to reports that he allegedly rescued his daughter from sex traffickers and then, just true, hunted down and killed the man he believed responsible for selling her into slavery. In a press release issued Monday, the Spokane Police Department said that it had discovered the remains of a 19-year-old male whom they believed to be the former boyfriend of 60-year-old John Eisenman's daughter. He was uh, stuffed in the trunk of an abandoned vehicle. 
Uh, the police described the incident as a complex case and report that Eisenman had set off to avenge his daughter after learning she had been sold into a Seattle area prostitution ring in October 2020 by her then boyfriend, the deceased. Um, again, assuming it's true, let's just say everything we just heard is accurate. I got no problem with it. And, I'll, and I will take money out of my wallet and pay for this man's defense and do everything I can to help people who do what he did. Because the American justice system uh, is failing. It's not prosecuting these people. As I just mentioned out of the Denver story, these violent, violent people are being given uh, the chance to, to roam our streets, to hurt people, to kidnap our children, to do terrible things to them. And if the... Um, Resources aren't there, and the private sector can do what needs to be done. I take no issue. I mean, what, what, be honest with yourself. What else is a father going to do? Who would blame? Who would blame? Um, isn't that sad? It's sad. I can't remember the young girl's name, but I know Laundry's name, huh? We talked about him way too much. We didn't talk about her enough. Um, but this Brian Laundry character. Had the young girl's father gotten a hold of him before law enforcement, would anybody care? I mean, we know what the evidence is now. Looks like he did it, and then he went off to die somewhere. I believe his parents knew where he was the whole time, and they were supporting him, but that's neither uh, here nor there. Petito, right? The Gabby Petito, I think. Um, Who's going to blame her dad, right? She had two men in her life who loved her very much. They find that laundry kid before the authorities do. First of all, let's just give some advice to any father who uh, hears this as, and, and is inspired. Don't let them find the body. That would be, that would be the first start. Like, not, no, just don't stuff it in the trunk. I mean, go get rid of that thing. You know what you did. You know what happened. You got, if you got proof, I mean, I don't know. Call the police, of course. Call the police. But assuming the police and the justice Departments refuse to act, then uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, by the way, don't forget on Kyle Rittenhouse. Do not forget on the Kyle Rittenhouse case. That was the result of the Jacob Blake shooting. Okay, the man who had uh, raped a woman and I think he punched a pregnant woman or held a knife to her belly or whatever. He was, he was a bad dude. Bad dude. He was attempting to kidnap some kids by all accounts. He went for a knife, got himself shot. Don't forget that the Biden Department of Justice has said, there's no evidence that the officer that shot him should be charged. The Biden Department of Justice says so. Don't forget. So when they talk about, well, you know, they were rallying together because of, uh, you know, police brutality. Nope. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. All right. Here we go. This will be a fun one. Old David Beasley, the former governor of South Carolina. I'm an ambitious officer. One voter. Everybody knows the rules. I need to be a part of the 100 Club. So apparently, uh, former South Carolina Governor David Beasley is now the United Nations World Food Program Director. And he decided, according to Newsweek, to call out Elon Musk and say that Elon Musk could help end world hunger with just $6 billion. And Musk takes to Twitter and basically says, if... If the food program can describe on this thread exactly how $6 billion will solve world hunger, I'll sell Tesla stock right now and do it. But 
it must be open source accounting so the public sees precisely how the money is spent. Beasley then had to reply and basically say, well, that's it's not exactly what I meant. What I meant was it will prevent geopolitical instability, meaning we'll buy off governments so they don't kill each other. Mass migration, meaning we'll pay governments to support welfare programs inside their country so that people stop fleeing. And, and it'll save 42 million people on the brink of starvation. Musk promptly, according to Newsweek, firing back and saying, please publish your current and proposed spending in detail so people can see exactly where money goes. Sunlight is a wonderful thing. And then Beasley, you'll never believe this. <laughs> Beasley went quiet. Um, I will add Jake Paul, who I guess is a YouTuber guy, and an amateur boxer, he pledged to put in $10 million to help fight world hunger if Musk does the $6 billion. So the money's there, and they had like $8 billion last year, and they weren't able to do it then, so what gives? All right, that's it for number 163 of the Felt Recall Podcast. We'll see you back here next Tuesday for another brand new episode. In the meantime, find us online at feltrecallshow.com. If you like the Felt Recall podcast, make sure you like it and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a review and please tell a friend.